It's my honor to be with you today and uh, just so grateful for what I see God doing in your midst. It's, it's wonderful, wonderful. I, I love it when I can go into a house and play daddy instead of doctor. So many places are just sick, you know, and they need some help. Or worse than that, some of them need a resurrection. You get to be the, you know, but <clears throat> praise God. Jesus is whatever we need. And it's just a delight to be with you and see what God's doing in your life. I was in Alaska last weekend with uh, Alan Deborah Bray. We were up for a missions conference there, a tremendous conference. They, uh, they ended up raising uh, over $418,000 in four days in that conference. So they, they're, they're, really, they're really doing some wonderful things, and um, it was just great to be there. And the weekend before that, I was uh, in uh, South Africa. So I've been traveling a lot the last few days, and in a week and a half, we'll be going to Mexico. So just keep us in your prayers. I appreciate everything that this church has done to support us in our, our ministry. Uh, I will mention the website. Can we bring that slide up? Yes. The website there, you can go on the website. There's all kinds of teaching materials that's made available. Also on Vimeo, uh, the last line there is a account we have on Vimeo. We've got like 190 different messages that we posted now on Vimeo. That is going very good. Um, I'm, I'm just thankful that we're able to make these things available. And if we can be a blessing to you, that's what we want to do. So anyway, there's the website. Go, go there and be blessed. I ask you to pray for us. Uh, they just ended up a ladies' conference. M many of you uh, may know Diane Mullins. Diane was scheduled to be with us in uh, Chiapas this, this past week. And her friend Katrina Wilson from the Dayton, Ohio area with her. And uh, anyway, uh, they've just wrapped that conference up. I will be going down to Chiapas doing a couple of uh, different meetings there, one in Tuxla, then going up to do another one for the Chamulas in San Cristobal, and uh, then going northern Mexico, up in the Monterey, Mexico area, doing a third meeting. So please keep us in your prayers. This is the kind of thing that we do all the time, and I'm just thankful that God has open such a wide door of ministry for us. And so thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done to help that be available. And we want to be a blessing to you. I'll say more about that tonight, speak some more about it. But I, I want to bring a word with you this morning that I really believe God has given me direction. And I was so thrilled with the testimony young lady was just sharing because it goes, I, I just... It was a perfect setup for what I want to share with you today, what I'm calling perceiving the Spirit, perceiving the Spirit. And we're going to take my text from the book of Kings, Second Kings, the fourth chapter, verses 8 through 10. And uh, it, it reads like this. Now, it happened on one day that Elisha went to Shunem. Kind of sounds like Manchester, doesn't it? And there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. Wow, sounds like an ordinary day, doesn't it? So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Everybody likes a good meal. And she said to her husband, look, now I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please. Please. 
let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. And so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Now let me read two or three more verses here. It happened one day that he came there and turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him, and he said to him, to Gehazi, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered and said, I dwell among my own people. In other words, I didn't do this asking for anything. I wasn't expecting anything. And Gehazi, Elisha's servant, said, Actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. So Elisha said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, Hallelujah. About this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. Would you join me in prayer? Father, how I thank you for the word of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence and for this precious people, for this place and everything that you have done in our lives. Help us, O God, not to miss those divine moments one day. Just some food. Help us to be perceptive in our spirits, to be able to see what you want to do within our lives and grasp it, lay hold on it. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give some introductory thoughts concerning this story. It's an amazing story, of course, like so many of the stories from the prophets. Discernment comes out of revelation. That's the way we live our Christian life, by what we discern in our spirits. And, and it's, it's the sad reality that so many people know much more about God than they really know God. There's a big difference. It's the difference. There's, for instance, there's a lot of men and women of God, but there are very few God's man, God's woman, that can speak the word of God into existence. Oh, thank God for Elisha. This lady is a remarkable person. It called her notable, or in other words, an outstanding woman. She obviously was a person that had married into a lot of money. She no doubt was a very beautiful young woman that has married an older man than uh, but she grasped something one day. The prophet comes by, and suddenly she realizes this is what we call a kairos moment. The word kairos in the Greek is a word that means a now moment. You've got to seize the moment, seize the day, and she did. See, there's more to discerning than there is a greater need for discerning than of learning. 
discerning. So many people just live in their environment, and their environment controls them. And until your revelation of God becomes greater than your environment, your environment will contain you. It's when, though, your revelation of God becomes greater, you you outgrow the place where you are, then the supernatural invades our lives. See, revelation goes beyond our natural understanding, and that's what gets us in trouble, is too many people live by their natural mind. They try to figure it all out. And while they're figuring it out, life goes on without them. The truth is, revelation can actually be insulting to our natural intelligence. Just like the woman when she began to say, don't lie to me. I mean, my husband's an old man and we've been married for years and there is no babies yet. Don't. This is not natural. This is supernatural. Now, going back to when she first meets him, the Bible talks about the prophet going through Shunem on a regular basis. In other words, he would be like what we would call a circuit-riding preacher. And the prophet had come through this small town many, many times before. But one day, he's coming through, and she sees him, and suddenly she recognizes this is a man of God. She perceives it in her spirit. Now, let, let me give you another thought or two here. We must perceive before we can believe. Perception, it comes out of your spirit, and she picks up on it. However, God did it for her. Suddenly, she realizes it's not just a, you know, a traveling salesman, or this is not just a guy on a journey, a man out for a walk, but this is a man of God. And when she perceived that, she acted upon it. And of course, we must believe before we can receive. As your faith is, so be it unto you. Tell me where you are, I'll tell you what you believe. Because uh, our reality in life comes out of our faith, our relationship with God. And so perception is where it starts. Now, let, let me give you some thoughts that, to hang my thoughts so that you can remember what I'm going to say. First of all, let me talk about look for the promise. Look for the promise. As I said, one day suddenly she sees Elisha coming through this town and she realizes this is a man of God. As I said, discerning comes out of your spirit, not out of your natural mind. It comes out of your spirit. And she picks up on this in her spirit that this is a man of God. The natural mind is actually an enemy to our spirit. Let me give you a verse of scripture for that. In the book of Romans, the 8th chapter and verse 7, he talks about to be carnally minded, to be naturally minded, he said, it is an enemy to God. In other words, if you can figure it out, it's not God. God lives and dwells outside our natural ability. We must not allow what we know with our natural mind to cancel out what God wants to do supernaturally in our lives. Just as the young lady was sharing here a few moments ago, and she talked about 
the natural facts was her sickness, what the doctors were saying, all the reports. But suddenly in her spirit, she rose above that and said, that is not God's will for my life. How did she know that? She knew it out of her spirit. See, we, we are tri-depart beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, that, that's the nature that is of God. When, when we are born again, that's what is born again. It's Our spirit is born again. It's not a physical rebirth. It is a spiritual birth. The outward man is perishing day by day, but the inward man is renewed by his spirit. So our spirits never age. Hello? That's right. When I start ministering, I'm 16 years old. I mean, it just... It just flows out of me because it's coming out of my spirit. Now, after it's all over and I sit down and relax or get home, man, I wilt because the outward man is perishing. So we all that are born of God have a spirit, that spirit nature with a personality, with mind, will, and emotion. We call our soulish man, our soulish being. And then we all live in this earthen temple. Now, the problem for too many Christians is they limit themselves to the natural world around them. And they count their pennies and dollars to see what they're going to be able to do. Don't do that. There is a supernatural world where God dwells, where angels dwell. And you can walk with God on a daily basis. This woman did it. She broke out of it because she recognized this is a holy man of God. Now, what we need to do, what, this is what I'm encouraging you. Put your spirit in the driver's seat of your life. Stop trying to figure it all out and doing it in the natural and such. I, I can remember when I was just a young preacher. God had given me this dream, this vision of preaching the gospel around the world. And... Uh, I didn't have two nickels to move together, uh, you know, to, to rub together. I, 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 I didn't have any plan. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But this dream is in my spirit. And everybody that would listen to me, I would talk to them. I'm going to preach the gospel around the world. I'm going to, you know, where did that come from? It come out of my spirit. And God has helped me to do it. I heard a rock and roller not too long ago. He is bragging about he had traveled around the world 10 times doing rock and roll. I thought, that's nothing. I've done it 140, 160 times preaching the gospel. That's something to brag about. So put your spirit in the driver's seat and let your spirit guide you. Look for those opportunities. You never know when it's going to happen. Here's the second thing. Lay hold on the promise. When she perceived this is a holy man of God, she went to him immediately. And the way the scripture said, she persuaded him. See, the prophet come through her hometown as a circuit riding preacher on a regular basis. And every prophet has a different type of anointing. Every person, that's one of the reasons why it's so good to be in a healthy church connected to other good men and women of God that's following it because everybody has their own personal revelation of God. 
In other words, someone said, God doesn't have any grandchildren. We all have to know him personally. And so each one of us has our own personal revelation, just as the young lady was telling her story. Every one of you have got a story to tell of what God has done in your life. And so this woman recognized the anointing that was upon Elisha. Now listen to me carefully here, because this is where we miss it so many times. If somebody has a different anointing than we do, we think something's wrong with them. No, 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 no. It's just like my little finger is different than my thumb, but they're both members of the body. My hand is different than my elbow, but it is still a member of the body. You understand we are all uniquely gifted and talented. We all have our personal experience with God, but we are a part of the grand scheme of God's kingdom of what he's doing around the world. When this woman recognized this is a prophet. This is a man of God. He said she persuaded him. Now, I don't know how she did that. I, the Bible doesn't tell us. But obviously, she had to do some arm twisting here. She had to do something to get, her, get him to come to her house. And maybe she brought some of it with her. Maybe she had, you know, a piece of bread or something that, whatever it was, you know, that, that, that. But she persuaded him. She insisted upon it. And that's what I'm saying to you. Don't miss your opportunity. Do whatever you have to do. She insisted on him coming to her table. And thank God he did. And then it said, every time he come to the Shunammite, he said, let's go by and see the Shunammite lady. Let's see what she's got cooking today. I mean, obviously this woman knew how to cook, and he wants to come back again. And so here's the third thing I want to talk about. Feed the promise. Feed the promise. And that's what she began doing. She made a habit every time he came through. He didn't go to McDonald's anymore. He went to the Shunammite lady's house. And, uh, oh, what a step up, you know. I mean, it's so much better. And so uh, she goes there, and she is feeding him. The truth is, and it's just a simple fact of life, whatever we feed will keep coming back to us. Even an old stray cat will do that. Whatever you feed will return to you. Now, I'm cautioning you because some of you have been feeding the wrong things. Hello? Don't feed your doubts. Feed your faith. Feed your spirit man, spirit woman. Feed your spirit. Let it come alive. Whatever you feed will come back to us. And so she Every time he comes through, she's feeding him. But then one day she has greater revelation. And the revelation is, this is a holy man of God that's coming to our town on a regular basis. He comes through here every few days or every couple of weeks. And, and uh, I haven't made room for him. And so that's the fourth thing I want to talk about. Make room for the promise. You don't just perceive it. You don't just feed it. But you've got to make room for it. She goes to her husband and she says to him, this is a holy man of God. 
Now, this is where you, you have to enter into collaboration with other people. She obviously could not do this by herself. She didn't either have the authority to do it, didn't have the resources to do it. So she gets her husband involved in her revelation. This is a holy man of God that's passing by us regularly. Let's build a little apartment for him on the upper room. And, of course, it's a hot desert-type country, and they, they always try to build their quarters, sleeping quarters, upstairs. They get the breezes that way. It was cooler up there. And so she said, let's build him one on the upper wall and let's furnish it. And she names, you know, a table and a lampstand and a chair. And in other words, they're going to furnish this room for him, a place for him to stay. Now, the truth is we have to make room for the supernatural to happen in our lives. It's not going to happen accidentally. It's like the farmer that they told about had a wonderful farm, and somebody said, man, God has blessed you with a great farm. And he said, yeah, you ought to have seen it when God had it all by himself. Now, what does he mean? He means there's something you've got to do. Why is it that some people receive a miracle, other people sitting on the same bench, the same pews, get nothing? Because they don't look for the promise, they don't feed the promise, they don't make room for the promise. Now here's where we get into trouble a lot, because making room for the promise involves other people. You can't do it by yourself. So what do we do? we begin worrying about what other people think about it. Someone has well said, you wouldn't worry so much about what other people think about you if you knew how seldom they do. There's truth to that. What you need to do is stop worrying about them. People always want to give us their opinions, their ideas. Everybody's got their opinion. And... Um, whatever they, you know, they're, they're two cents worth, and that's about what some of it is worth, about two cents worth. But don't worry about what they're going to say, what the neighbors are going to think. Because we, we think of Elisha as a prophet. These people in this town did not think of him as a prophet. They thought of him as some radical religious fanatic of the way it used to be, because Israel was no longer worshiping Jehovah God. They had a new religion called Baal. It had been introduced by their new queen, Jezebel. Jezebel had introduced Baal worship, and so the Israelites had turned to the idols. They didn't think of Elisha as a prophet, but this woman perceived this is a prophet, a man of God, and it doesn't matter what the neighbors think. It doesn't matter what anybody else says because what I need is not in another opinion. What I need is a word from God. How am I going to get it? I'm going to get it by perceiving. I'm going to get it by looking, by feeding it, by making room for it in my life. See, the truth is it always costs something to feel at home with the promise. 
Somebody's got to buy the bricks and somebody's got to pay the bricklayer. Somebody's got to buy the furniture. Do you understand? And this is where many of us miss our miracle. We miss the great things that God wants to do in our life because we hold on to what we've got rather than investing in what is an opportunity in the Spirit. Wow. Thank God she didn't do it. She invested in the prophet. And this brings me to my fifth point that I want to talk about. Anticipating the promise. Anticipating the promise. Now the room is finished. The little apartment, the upstairs apartment is done. And Elisha comes, not only has a good meal, but he goes to his room and lies down on the bed and he starts thinking, now wait a minute, God is not in debt to anyone. So he says to his servant, what can we do for this woman? Call her and ask her. What what can we do for you? Can we we speak to the king? Can you know? Do, do, do you want us to talk to the governor or the general of the army? And she simply says, "I dwell among my people." In other words, I have everything I need. She said, "I don't need anything," but she did, and you do too. I do. Every one of us. You know what we need. We need the things that money cannot buy. We need the things that doctors cannot do. We need, that's what we need. We need the supernatural. We need God, a word from God. This woman says, I don't need a word from the king or the general, and the, she really didn't need that. She needed a miracle, and every one of us do, every one of us. We need God to move in our lives. See, what had happened to this woman over time, even though she's a godly woman, even though she's perceptive in her spirit, she had become accustomed to living without. She didn't have a baby. She'd been married. The Bible doesn't tell us, but it's obvious there's a period of time here. She has passed the point of even expecting God to give her a child. It's never going to happen. I'm not going to have a baby. I'm talking to some of you right now that you're giving up on your promise. You've already given up on your promise, your dream. And you're saying, I missed it. I missed my opportunity. Let me tell you, you're still vertical. Amen. We haven't done your funeral. You're still here. This is the day the Lord hath made. This is our opportunity. The prophet called her and said, when he realized what the real need was, she didn't need a word to the king or to a general. She needed a word from God. And she, he called her. She's standing in the doorway, and he speaks to her and said, About this time next year, saith the Lord. How do you get a word from God? Just like this woman got it. You've got to be sensitive to the Spirit. Perceptive. You've got to perceive in your spirit. Then you go after it. Start feeding it. Make room for it. Whatever it costs. You can't buy a baby boy. But God can do 
a miracle for you if you will believe. About this time next year, you will have a child. Wow. No wonder it's like you say, it seemed too good to be true. And that's what she's saying. Don't lie to me, please. Don't, don't get my hopes up. But it came to pass just like the prophet said. Now, what you got to learn to do is by following that your spirit, learn to live in expectation. I know it's here. I know God has promised it. It's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. Maybe this is the day that my answer will come. This may be my day, my opportunity about this time next year. What I challenge you is don't allow the prophetic promise to pass you by. Don't miss it. The young lady set me up so well of what I wanted to share today. I want to close with a true story. Two months ago, I learned this story. It happened 40 years ago. 40 years ago, my wife and I were young evangelists traveling, preaching through Illinois. And uh, I had developed a, a lifestyle of I would take one night out of every meeting that we did and promote missions. And just we would raise a missionary offering for whatever missionary they knew, that church that had a project. And, and so I would just take one offering out of, it was my offering, so I could give it away if I wanted to. And so I did. I, I, and so this church, and, and it was a small crowd that night, bad weather is in December. I can still remember it. There's probably 40 people there, but I tell you, God got in it. And it was amazing. Over $2,000 they raised that night for, for Bill and Carlene Pepper in, in Alaska. It's just it, amazing what God did. Well, there's a, a young preacher, a young pastor, and his wife lived about 30 miles away. They had come, and one of the reasons they'd come, they wanted to invite us to come and preach a revival meeting for them, which we did. A few months later, we went by to preach for them. And uh, so uh, the, the name was Larry and Joyce Bailey. Larry and Joyce became very dear friends of ours. And later, when I went to Ohio, became my associate pastor for eight years there. We were there preaching for Larry and Joyce, and I, I, I didn't, uh, excuse me, we were there for this missionary offering. I didn't know this even transpired. But they told me that that week was her birthday, and her daddy had given her $100 for her birthday. And we're receiving this missions offering. And I tell you, as I said, it, it, it was obvious. It was just electricity. I mean, those people, they were so happy. They were running around the room dancing. I mean, because they had never seen a $2,000 offering in that church in their life. And it was just something supernatural that happened. And, and she was inspired. Larry turned to her and said, how much do you want us to give? And she said, I want to give the whole $100 that was given to me for my birthday. He said, I was surprised. They're just telling me this story two months ago. I didn't even know it. And he said, uh, I was surprised you want to give $100 because we didn't even make $100 a week at the church we were pastoring. And so he said, well, it's your money if you want to give it. So they gave the $100 that night. 
Okay, we go a few months later to preach a revival for Larry and Joyce in Mount Carmel, Illinois, about 30 miles from where this miracle offering took place. And uh, we'd preached all that week. It was on Sunday afternoon. My family and I traveled in a little travel trailer. That's how we did evangelism. We'd go place to place pulling that little trailer. And so uh, we, we were in our, our travel trailer, and Larry comes and knocks on the door. And I go to the door, and, and yes, pastor. He said, my wife went down. Joyce is down at the grocery store, and the cars broke down. Can, can you take me down there and see if I can get it going? And I said, sure, sure. So we, we get in my pickup truck, and we, we drive down to the, I think it was an IGA store, and uh, there, sure enough, she's in this old Ford car on the parking lot. And uh, as we're driving up to that car, God spoke to me. And he said, buy the Baileys a new car tonight. Yeah, yeah, you're laughing. I wasn't laughing. I was in shock. But first of all, I don't have money to buy them a new car. But, uh, man, I knew it was God. I mean, it was as real as God's ever spoke to me. And I didn't tell him. I didn't say anything to him. I, I just left him there, and he worked on the car and got it going, went back and and the old worn-out Ford. And anyway... <laughs> I go back to the trailer. I said, honey, God spoke to me when we drove up on that parking lot where Joyce and that old Ford was. God spoke to me to buy them a new car tonight. Boy, she looked at me and she said, you better be sure it was God. <laughs> I said, well, I'll pray. I, I will pray. But I knew it was God. I knew it was God. And so... I didn't have faith enough to say brand new car that night. But when I walked to the platform, I mean, I knew I was going to obey God. I had a plan. God, give me an idea. I was going to give $100 a month for 12 months as the first to kick that offering off to buy them a new car. How many will join me? And I, I told him about going down to the parking lot and how God spoke to me. And I want to kick the offering off. You always lead by example. And so I want to give the first offering, $100 a month. For the next 12 months, I'm going to give to help buy the Baileys a new car. Who wants to join? I tell you, it wasn't two minutes. I, I mean, it just started bam, 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 bam. And, and in just minutes, we had money to buy them a brand new Pontiac. Oh, don't pat a cake. If we're going to praise God, let's really praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Praise God like it, you got the new Pontiac instead of the Bailey. Now, I ask you a question. I ask you a question. If Joyce Bailey had not been perceptive to the Holy Spirit, that night we received the missionary offering. Why was it? And she said, I want to give the whole $100 my daddy gave her for my birthday. Mary said, well, if that's what you want to do, then let's give it. If Joyce had not responded to the Holy Spirit, do you think God would have spoke to me 
buy the Baileys a new car tonight? I think not. Why? Because we're the one that sets it up. When we perceive in our spirit and we say, I'm going with God. This is a man of God. I'm going with this. We set up what we call a domino effect, a ripple effect that starts the chain reaction. She didn't need $100 for her birthday. The need was they had an old worn out jalopy that was worn out. They needed a new automobile. And because she was perceptive to the spirit, because she acted in faith, said, I'm going with it. God gave the miracle. The word of God came. Buy them a new car tonight. Are you listening? The woman that receives this baby boy, this bouncing baby boy in her arms, can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine her emotions? You can't buy baby boys, but you can be perceptive to the spirit. It came to pass one day, Elisha passed through Shunem, and a notable woman said, Please, come to my house and come, come, don't, don't, don't eat down here at the marketplace. No, no, come home with me. I, I, I've got a wonderful meal prepared. If she had not been perceptive to the spirit, if she hadn't followed it, if she hadn't fed it, if she hadn't made room for it, there would have never been a baby boy in her arms. Some of you are missing your miracle because you're not being sensitive to the Spirit. When we come and we're worshiping God, forget about the song leaders. Forget about the musicians. Focus on Jesus. Tune in to the Spirit world. and You never know when the Spirit's going to say, do this, do that. It seemed like a little simple thing, just feeding somebody lunch. But it started a series of events. Cultivated, cultivated a miracle in her arms. Just like a little pastor's wife. And she said later, she, they were just telling us this story. She said, that was really a big deal because we didn't even make $100 a week. But I felt I need to give the whole $100. Set up a series of events that met the need in their life. We're going to pray in just a moment. And you need to become sensitive to God, to the Holy Spirit, perceptive to the Holy Spirit. Ask God to tune your spirit, help you do whatever. It seems so simple, just feeding somebody a lunch, giving away a birthday present. But by doing so, by being perceptive to the Spirit, the Word of God can come into your life. Thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass about this time next year. You will have a baby. Let's pray. Father, I pour my heart out. Oh, God, help us to understand 
We miss our miracle because we're not paying attention to the Spirit. We're not following you. And because we don't follow you, because we don't feed the promise, because we don't make room for the promise, what you want to do in our life never happens. Oh, God, forgive us. Help us not to miss our miracle. There's a miracle in the making. We will be sensitive to your presence. I sense the Holy Spirit is speaking to many of you right now. And I, I want us to just forget about everybody else. They're going to lead us in worship in just a moment. But if God is speaking to you and you want to tune in to the Spirit, you want to follow the Spirit, you want to be perceptive to the Spirit, then I want you to stand to your feet wherever you are. And we're going to offer ourselves to God right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to lead you in prayer, and then I want them to lead us in worship. I just want you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Whatever he says to you, do it. Father, I thank you. I thank you for these precious people. Oh, God. Oh, God. I thank you. I thank you for every time I've heard your voice. Every time I sense that's God, I just flowed with you. Just went with the flow. You've done wonderful things. I pray that you teach every one of us. Teach every one of us. Help us, oh God, not to be hard of hearing where you have to yell at us. Help us to be sensitive, perceptive, like the prophet when there's just a still, small voice. When he heard it, he knew that was God. Help us to be sensitive to your voice. Help us, oh God, not to just live the mundane and it happened one day. Help us to understand life happens daily, day after day after day, but in the middle of it, God is working. God is there. I pray that you help everyone else to develop spirit ears, spirit eyes, to look for the promise, to listen for the promise. I thank you for doing it. Let's just worship him together. Let's just worship him together.